0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message.
1: If you would tonight, why don't you open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at this today. Amen. God is so good and I'm so excited hearing so many wonderful things, seeing so many things that I've read in the Word of God coming to pass. That's really uh, a wonderful thing, and so uh, I'm very, very pleased with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you find it yet? Yep, yep. Second Timothy chapter 2. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Praise God. As I was preparing for this, I just started asking the Lord what he wanted me to do, and it was kind of interesting. He said, go and look up into things that I've spoken to you, that you've written down, and you'll find it there. And so I've got a Bible that uh, when the Lord gives me something, I'll write it in there, and I'll date it, and and different things like that. And I go back and look over them, and they really encourage me. So as I was going through it, uh, the Lord fixed my eyes on this. And uh, He gave me this back in 2016. It was here at this church. It was on Father's Day. Amen. And uh, it was really interesting. And this is what he, he spoke to me. He said, those who walk in holiness will be the last remnant of people that I will use before I return. Amen. That's what he said. He said, those who walk in holiness will be the last remnant. Now, God has always had a remnant. Amen. Throughout all of recorded human history, God has always kept back a people for himself. Amen. Where it looked like, you know, everything was going to go belly up. God always had one, two, ten, twenty, or however many it might take. Amen. You know, when Gideon went to fight, he had too many. And so God said, you're going to have to get rid of some of these people. There's too many of them. Hallelujah. Because, see, God wants to show Himself faithful to those whose hearts are true to Him. Amen? And so uh, that really encouraged me when He spoke that to me. And it's still encouraging me. So that's why I'm wanting us to look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Are you there? And, of course, we're going to go to start with verse 20. And it says this, "...but in a great house..." There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, which is the dishonor, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for. For every good work. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, that's that's the end times church. That's what we should be flowing in. Amen. We should, we should be vessels of honor. It says, in a great house. Well, I can't think of a house greater than the kingdom of God. Amen. And everybody who is in the kingdom, we're all in that. That kingdom. That great house. Amen. And so it says that if we'll cleanse ourselves from dishonorable things, if we will... Persevere to become not just ordinary, but extraordinary, then it says that we'll be fit for the master's use. Amen. And we'll be able to do extraordinary things. Well, the Bible is full of people who did extraordinary things. Amen. And everybody can probably pick their favorite or who it might be. I particularly like Daniel myself uh, because of the things that he did. He was a guy who whenever he was threatened that you can't do this and you can't do that, instead of going into the inner chambers, he swung open the windows of the place where he was and praised God. Amen? And there there he was. So everybody could take notice. Same thing for you and I. People should be taking notice. People shouldn't one day think, oh, you're a Christian? Didn't even know that, Amen. They they should know. There should be telltale signs that you're a believer, Amen. And that's not just because you wear a cross. You understand what I'm saying? See, it's 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 more than the adornment of things. It's what you're doing, what you're doing every day with your life. Hallelujah. And so that's the thing that we're wanting to look at today. God says, people who are walking in holiness, they're the ones I'm using right now. We're going to finish this up. We're going to go into glory with holy people. It's right. Amen. Yes. Doing the work of God, doing it the way that He wants it done. Yes. Amen. Being bold about it, not being ashamed of the gospel because uh, Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that's what people are wanting nowadays. They're wanting to see something powerful, supernaturally, for their lives. Amen? And not just this thing about all talk. Let's let's have some some action to go with it. Amen? Hallelujah. Boy, if there ever, ever was a time for the church to shine, it should be right now. Just absolutely just going after God. Amen, no you know I keep bringing this back to my remembrance of this year of pressing in with God, pressing in with the Word, yeah. pressing in, doing things that you never have done before, stepping out of that comfort zone, so to speak, and and doing things you know ministering to people, praying for people doing things, you know, uh, if somebody comes up to you in, in Walmart and says, well, you know, w- would you pray for me? Well, whenever I'm in my prayer time, I'll pray for you. No, you do it right then. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You do it right then, praise God. Yeah. 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 So that people can see that you're you're one of God's people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? One of God's people. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to kind of look at tonight. We're going to look at us being the last remnant. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So it says here in verse 21 again, it says that we'd be sanctified. What The word sanctified just means to be set apart. Amen? For a different purpose. Now in the church, there's all kinds of vessels. We're just seeing it right here. There are are some made of gold, some silver, some wood, some clay. Amen? There are all people who love God, but some are doing extraordinary things. Some are going above and beyond. Some are are seeing themselves in the light that God sees them in. Amen? They see themselves as the righteousness of God in Christ. They don't see themselves as unworthy. Amen? They got over that a long time ago. I got over that a long time ago. Amen? Hallelujah. That old unworthy thing. See, I had that beaten to my head for years in religion. Oh, you're not worthy, you know. But Lord, just, just, just go ahead and do something for us, even though we don't deserve anything. Amen. Well, in ourselves, we don't. You all understand that. I'm not, you know, I'm not teaching, you know, a beginners class here. You understand what I'm saying? But everything that we are, you got to look at it through the eyes of who God sees that you are. That's right. Amen. Not who you think you are, and you don't take into account all the times that you failed. Amen. If I did that, I'd, you know, I wouldn't even be here right now. I'd be back in Honeybird. You understand? Amen. You got to get past that. Get over yourself. You're human. You make mistakes. Everybody does. Let's move on. Amen. Let's just move on. Let's repent. Repent first and then move on. Hallelujah. Let's quit, quit bringing it up. Amen. Let's just go on. Yeah, but you just just don't understand. It doesn't matter. When God says that He forgives us, He really means it. He really means it. He's not going to bring it up. Matter of fact, He's done forgot about it. How about you and I doing the same thing? Let's just forget about it. Amen? So we're sanctified. Set apart for God's use. Amen? That's a good thing. Hallelujah. So... We've got to work this thing out. We've got to work out what God has called us to be. And He has called each one of us to be holy. Amen? And set apart. Now, holiness you didn't get when you got born again. Holiness is something that you work out yourself. You're striving to do something. You're taking it to the next level. Amen? Praise God. And so, so you know, uh, it's it's important for us not to get ourselves caught up in where we are at the moment. This, this is my definition of holiness. Amen? Holiness is being a living example of the doctrine we profess. Amen? It's being a living example. Not just talking about it, amen, but doing something with it. Showing someone that holiness is not a death sentence. Holiness is something that you do preparing yourself for greater works. Things that God is wanting to do in your life. Amen. And He is wanting to do more in everybody's life in here than what you have seen so far. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've I've never said this before, but I I feel like I I can say it now. God spoke to me a few months ago. He said that by the time you're 70, you're going to be doing your greater works. By the time I'm 70. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, by the time most people are 70, they're ready for the rocking chair. Now, don't get me wrong. I got a rocking chair by front porch and I enjoy it. Amen. But I don't spend my entire day there. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I don't just rock away by days. Praise God. You know, there are, there are some days whenever it just doesn't feel like I, I did a whole lot, and I thought, God, what a waste I made of this day. Why, why didn't I do more with this day? Amen. I could have done more. I really could have. And every one of us could say the same thing. We could have done more. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how? Well, I don't know. But maybe God has spoke something to you, and you just haven't quite gotten up the nerve to do it yet. That could be the thing that he is wanting you to do. To move into a new realm. Hallelujah. To set yourself apart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot that has to be done. And it's going to take every believer to get it done. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at this. Let's, let's move on and look at this in Matthew chapter 7. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at this. Really what i want to do is encourage each and every one of us because I think in these days we need to be encouraged. Not, not false with a false pretense, not trying to just puff us up, but to encourage us to move, to move on into some other things. Amen? Hallelujah. So it says this in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. It says that you got to enter by the narrow gate. For wide, and I, I put in here, the easy way is the, is, is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That's the easy way. Everybody's following it. Amen? And it says, there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the way, and difficult... Whoa! Difficult? Did you hear that word? That doesn't leave a very pleasant taste in my mouth. I don't know about yours. Amen? But difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. The Amplified says that this way is constricted by pressure. It's hard. It's going to be hard to move into these things that God's wanting us to get into. It got really quiet whenever I started out. See, you all were just just all excited. Now difficulty, pressure, constriction, hard all of these things, we don't want to hear about that, amen? But it's not really us. It's, our, it's our, our, our mind, our will, emotions, our spirit says, yeah, that's the way I want to go. That's the way I want to go, amen? Hallelujah. So it says that we got to enter by the narrow way. We're going to go into the things of God through this narrow way because there aren't going to be many who are going to find that way. There aren't going to be many who are going to desire to do it. Amen. But you and I are. Because, see, we're, we're more than just survivors. The Bible calls us overcomers. Amen. Hallelujah. And it also says that God always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. When you and I go into battle... We gotta know that God is always going to be there to fight our battles for us, but we still got to be there. Right. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's it's important for us to, to do that. Praise God. You've got to stand up for what God calls good. That's hard in these days. Amen. See, the world says that we got to be all inclusive, we got to take in everything. And we got to be all right with everything. And matter of fact, it's like this this is how it is. You got to be all right with who I am no matter what I am. But I don't want to hear you say anything about me. You just got to receive me just as I am. But I don't have to receive you if you're against me. I don't have to receive that. Amen? Now, where's the logic in that? Well, there isn't any. Amen? It's stupidity. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was talking to, to Greg today at work, and I said, Greg, I said, did you ever think that we would come to a day when stupidity would be as rampant as it is today? And he said, well, no, except for the fact that the Bible says it would. I said, that's right. Amen. So we got a clue from the Word that it was going to be perilous times, that it was going to be hard to deal with. Amen. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, it's going to be hard to deal with what we're going through right now. Amen. And so, you, you know, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this in. You know, the Word of God tells us that the devil is the most subtle creature that the Lord God ever created. Now, wouldn't you think... He could have gotten more done by keeping subtle about it and moving in through the quiet of night instead of blatantly bringing it all out in front of us all where we're seeing it for what it really is and now we're taking a stand against it. See how stupid he is? If he would have just kept going to status quo, he could have gotten a lot more done. But now that he has brought it all out for the whole world to see, Believers are starting to say, that ain't right. I'm not going to put up with that. I don't have to put up with that. And now there's a resistance. Amen. Hallelujah. The people of God are resisting. The people of God are standing up. The people of God are saying, enough's enough on this. We're not going to take this anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I sure am glad he was stupid. Amen. Amen. How about you? But we've got to understand that we've got to start denouncing the things that God calls evil. You can't compromise, amen, and stay holy. Praise God. I like, Oral Roberts said this one time. He said, What you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. What you compromise, I've compromised before. I have. Amen. Not said something, not done something, let something slide by. Somebody even asks you your opinion and you just kind of, you know, sheepishly say nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've got to understand that we're going to have to start doing things a little bit differently. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 5. Let's go there. Amen. Now help me out here so we can get done. Pastor's got to come up here yet. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, starting there, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned, or how shall it regain its strength again? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So see, your holiness and who you are in Christ should not be hidden. You can't keep it under wraps. You gotta let people know who you are. Amen? So some of them may turn and run when they see you coming. Good. Amen? Hallelujah. It's better than having them embrace you and saying how wonderful you are. Amen? You gotta stand up for something here. You can't be hidden. Verse 15 says Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works so you're producing good fruit you're producing something god is is happy with and you're happy with amen and you're, and glorify your father in heaven amen so we've got we we're we're the light of the world we're the salt of of the earth And we are to do good works before all people. Hallelujah. Jesus said that, right? Amen. Jesus said that. These are the things that we should be doing. We shouldn't be, you know, just kind of halfway in, halfway out. Well, today, I don't feel like doing that. We need to be always listening for the voice of God so that he can start to use us for different things. Amen. Holiness will put you in the spotlight, but it will also put you under a microscope. Amen? Hallelujah. People are going to test you. People are going to find out if you really mean what you're saying. People are going to to say bad things about you. Amen? Which they do already. Hallelujah. So let's just get used to it. We can't can't be that, you know, shallow. Praise God. Let's toughen ourselves up. Amen? For the, the... the greatest of the battles still ahead of us, Amen. Praise God. So we've got to be people who are going to stop the corruption that's going on, Amen. Now I, I, I uh, read this, uh, Brother Copeland, partner letter this this month of May, said that in twenty twenty one, over three point one million people gave their lives to the Lord through KCM and all their affiliated ministries. 3.1 million. That's an amazing number of people. Amen? It does, I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot when you consider the entire world of over 6 billion people, but still, that's 3.1 million Satan will never have. Amen? And we need to take that in consideration. How did that happen? There were people who were letting their light shine. Amen? Amen? People who were not afraid to look Satan right in the eyes through the eyes of a person and to help that person. Amen? Hallelujah. So we got we've got to start looking at things a little bit differently, folks. Let's 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 start looking at it the way that God wants us to look at it. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So Let's look at this in uh, John chapter 7. We're just looking at scripture tonight. Is that okay? John chapter 7. Amen. And we're going to start with verse 37. It says this, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood... And cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given... Because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Amen. So Jesus was talking about a time to come when people who were hungry and thirsty for Him, out of them would start to flow something. Rivers. Rivers of living water. Rivers of of life, so to speak. Amen. It says, He spoke of a time yet to come. Well, now we are in that time. We have received the Spirit of God. And so every one of us, every born-again person has that flowing in them. And it's just waiting for an avenue to come out. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't, don't Don't let those waters just stay inside of you. Let them come out. Hallelujah. Let them flow out of you. They'll get replenished. They'll always get replenished. Amen? God was always going to give you another go round on this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So we we want to have the Holy Spirit helping us through all this, teaching us, telling us, showing us, working with us. Amen. Doing what needs to be done. Him using our hands to get it done. Amen. That's where that's what it's all about. You and I we're It says, you know, in 1 Corinthians, we're co-laborers with God. Amen. We're co-laborers. He's not going to do it all. He doesn't expect you and I to do it all. We're going to work at this thing together, moving it through. one, One part after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. Glory to God. Amen. You know, when you think about it, that is the dream team. Praise God. We got God Almighty who is all powerful, all knowing, all you know, and everything that we need, and all we have to do is bring forth a little effort. Just a little. Amen. Hallelujah. He's he's looking for anything. He's looking for any any spark of life in his people. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we're good about reading our Bibles. We're good about praying. Hallelujah. We're good about coming to church, giving our tithes. We're good about all of these things. But he's wanting us to move this into another thing, another place. Amen. Hallelujah. He's wanting us to to show our true worth. You and I don't realize how valuable we are to him. We don't. Amen. Amen. We keep looking at ourselves as worth nothing. And to him, we were worth so much that he gave his only son. We were worth that. Amen? Hallelujah. And so, hey, we should be readily available to him whenever he's wanting us to do something. Amen? We just got to pursue him. Got to go after him. Amen? All right, I'm going I'm to close here. But I want us to look at this. In Philippians chapter uh, three, Philippians chapter three, the Lord gave this scripture to me—not personally, but He revealed it to me one time, many, many, many years ago when I was first pastoring. Amen. And I was—I was—I was still hungry for God. Don't get me wrong, but I was really hungry for God. And so he showed me this in Philippians chapter three. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible because it's so, so uh, passionate here. And this is Paul speaking. He says this in verse 10. He says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Determined. Amen. No, when you're determined, nothing's going to keep you from it. When you're determined, it's going to happen no matter. Who stands in the way? You understand what I'm saying? That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Do you see that? So it's a progression thing, folks. We, we don't start out knowing God in all the facets of his life. Amen. We go from one, we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So see, the more you go after God, the hungrier you are, the clearer he becomes to you, the clearer the vision that he has for you comes to you. Amen? So it's a progression thing, but you have to be determined. Praise God. The wonders of his person more strongly and clearly that I may... In the same way, come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share His sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into His likeness, even to His death in the hope. Praise God! So here you and I are. We're we're we're, we're moving from one place to another place in God. And it's always the next level up. It's never a level back. It's always going forward, always going after. Why? Because I'm determined. I've made it my life's goal. Amen? Now, I've I've slipped up sometimes and kind of, you know, waned away from it a little bit. Hey, okay? You understand what I'm saying? But I get back on this and he always brings this up to me. Be determined to do it, no matter what, no matter how much it might cost you, amen. Get determined to do what God has called you to do, amen. Because, see, we're the last people that God's going to be using in these last days, amen. Hallelujah. I hope I encouraged you a little bit. Praise God, amen. That's uh, that's basically it, pastor, so amen. So you can... Come up and clean all this up
0: now. I don't think there's anything needs cleaned up. That was good, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Charles Stanley. Who no ever know Charles Stanley? Brother Stanley. He's a good minister of the gospel. And uh, thank God for somebody that still has a holiness. Praise the Lord. Brother Stanley does. He said, if the church... Marries herself to the spirit of the time, she'll find herself a widow in the next generation. And you know, he's just saying, you know, if uh, if we do that, we're going to lose God's power and God's presence. Amen. Now, let's go to Second or First Corinthians fifteen. Now, Pastor Jerry and I did not talk about what we were going to preach on. I uh, we I did not know he didn't know what I was going to preach on. He preached on holiness. I'm going to preach on righteousness. <laughs> so you know you know and, you know, and the, it was like i was thinking about holiness and righteousness today of course righteousness is what we've been made legally holiness is how we act how we live see and we need both of them amen so i want to just talk to you about a little bit about awaking to righteousness in the few minutes that we have here and so i want to let's go to uh the 34, 34th verse of uh the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul, talking to the church, said, Awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Now, you know, uh, one of the things that Paul's talking about here, he said, if you would, awake, if you would, if you would wake up to what Christ has made you to be, then it produces produce some power in your life. You know, we. You know, the, the scripture tells us this, and we're still. I gotta be honest with you. We're still. We're still trying to grasp the fullness of this, where the Bible says, "He hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him." Now, we we all know that scripture, right? We all believe that scripture. I hope you do. Uh, but yet, the depth of that hadn't really. Yeah, you know, we've got it, we've got a revelation of it, but we still there's still more to learn about that scripture. Amen. And really honestly, a lot of the churches here in town, if I was to go there and preach and say, you know what, I'm just as righteous as God is, that'd be my last service. Amen. But yet I got it out of their Bible. Mm-hmm. Amen. amen. It's in the King James Bible, the New King James Bible, the NIV, the Amplified, it's in all of them. It's in every one of those Bibles. Yeah. It's the Bible, amen. And so God has made us. You know, when you say that, kind of sounds arrogant to people when you say I'm just as... And I, and I don't go around saying that to people, but, you know, it does sound arrogant to people. I'm just as righteous as God is. Well, you know, really, honestly, there's a lot of people in the church will label a heretic for saying that. And it came out of the Bible. See, it, it, if, you know, because people say, well, the Bible says our righteousness is the filthy rags. Well, yeah, ours is, but we don't have ours any longer. Amen. He gave us the righteousness of... Of God in Christ Jesus, so it was a gift to us amen, and so once we learn this, they want to think i was uh, you know once we learn this uh there's it, it, it's it really does something in our life to know that we're right with the God of the universe. How I mean know you can know that yeah. yeah I went to talk to a, la- a l- elder lady one time and uh you know about some about some things and uh and she, was, she, was, she went to our church. She was a Christian, you know, believer. Uh, when I say our church, it was at the Revival Center. So it's been years, years back. But I went to talk to her. You know, she was elderly and getting near the end of her time. You know, she'd lived out her life fully. And so I went to talk to her about, you know, just different things. And so one, we got talking about this, and she said, well, I'll tell you, I don't believe that you can know you're saved until after you're dead. Now, you know, I've, she was older, so I'm respectful, but I'm thinking that's a little late, sister, to find out. Mm-hmm. whether. And I told her, I said, well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, that we can know we have eternal life. Amen. That's right. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. That's right. And I'll tell you something, we are the only, if you want to use this word, Christianity is the only religion where you can have this kind of assurance. None of the others give it. Amen. Look at Isaiah. I want to look at this scripture. Come on, are you alive tonight? Isaiah chapter. Go to Isaiah chapter 32. Go there. Because, you know, when we, uh, you have to meditate on these things and think about these things. Let these things get in your heart. That God has made you. And when you awake to that righteousness, I don't know about you, but it does something to you that you don't want to sin. You don't want to disobey God. You want to live right. Now, that, it's like Pastor Jerry said. We've all made mistakes, and we've all blown it. And, and, and you know, everybody has. It's, it's not a matter of, you know, who has and who hasn't. It, that's all of us. But thank God we don't lose our righteousness. The Bible says if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it gets rid of it. We we don't lose our righteousness. But, um, you know, so thank God for that. Amen. Isaiah 32, verse 17 says, For the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Amen. Let's go ahead and read verse eighteen. And my people shall dwell in peaceable habitation, sure resting, sure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. So, so here we talk. So here he says that that righteousness gives us assurance. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a breastplate for us, Mm -hmm. amen, that protects our heart. And so, you know, when the devil tries to condemn you, thank God you got righteousness. I, you know, and, and I've taught on this before, but you think about somebody that had right, that understood they were right with God. It was Jesus Christ. I mean, he goes to Lazarus' tomb. He's been dead for four days. And he says, roll the stone away. Well, you know, first he calls Lazarus, come forth. But I like what he said. He said, Father, I thank you. You've heard me, and I know you always hear me. And I'm only saying these things for those that are around me. I thought, you know what? He prays less over raising a guy from the dead who's been dead for four days than we do over the offering. Here's a guy who knows yeah. what he's doing, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'd have been like wailing in tongues or something. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't just be like, yeah. Father, I know you heard me. I think you always heard me. And the only reason I'm saying is because those around me, advisors come forth. That's the guy that knows who he is. Amen. Amen. And, of course, you know, the, the Bible tells us that, you know, that, that, that he said, roll the stone away. I would have said, hey, when you hear him scratching, move the stone. Amen. But you have to have some, how I many you know you've got to have some boldness? And there's a lot of scriptures. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of scriptures that you just, you don't just get them just because you read them once. like where, where, where Jesus said the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, hard to, that's hard to think. Yeah. God thinks about as much, as much as me as he does Jesus. Yeah. Sounds a little arrogant, but it's the truth. Because he thinks as much of you as he does of Jesus. He, he thinks as much of his children as he does of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And He loves us just as much as He does Jesus. So we have this right standing with God that, you know, it, it, it is a powerful thing. Amen? Amen. And, and, you know, the, the book of Ephesians says it this way. matter of fact, let's just go over there. You don't mind. We do this. Ephesians chapter 6. Go there. Ephesians the 6th chapter. And uh, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 6. Part of our armor. Let's look at this. Armor of God. In Ephesians chapter six, verse uh, thirteen, it says, um, "Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having uh, your loins girt about with truth." Else, so that's one piece of your armor. But the next one, uh, having on the breastplate of righteousness. So you know that breastplate protects your heart, your your organs, your you know your inner organs and your heart. And so it's it's like <laughs> have you ever? Uh, has anybody ever ever missed it? Sinned? Yeah. Am I the only one? No. I mean, what what this what 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 happens here? See what happens to you, you to your confidence when that happens. See, you have to go back, and you have to you have to you have to believe the promises of God. Amen. if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me. And my righteousness is intact amen. amen my righteousness is intact see confession causes you to possess that you know the forgiveness amen so you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you but you know what you you, there, you have to you, you have to you have to remember you're the righteous of God because because if not the devil will just he'll beat you up and the devil will help him you know the bible says he's the accuser of the brethren yeah. amen and so a lot of times people will help him do that. Yeah, amen. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, but I I find this out. See, you have to go back and understand that no matter what you've done, no matter how you've blown it, thank God for John, First 1 John 1-9. It's amen. part of our covenant. Amen. We have righteous privileges. We're the righteous. Amen. Now, one of the things that happens is like the Bible tells us in about, uh, about us personally that uh, the blood of Jesus purged our conscience. I don't think people realize this, but the Old Testament saints, they got their flesh purged, but not their conscience. They still felt like sinners. Yeah. But the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I didn't feel like a sinner any longer. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Matter of fact, some of the songs we sang bothered me. You know some of the old songs were talk about I'm just a I'm just a sinner still. You know, well no I'm I'm the righteousness of God, right. Amen. You know you you hear this said and we're we're all sinners saved by grace. Well we were sinners we got saved by grace but now we're the righteousness of God. But people still hang on to that they hang on to that sin tag they hang on to that that I'm, I'm like Pastor was Jerry was saying I'm unworthy. Look at First John let me show you something here First John chapter. One or no, let's go to chapter four. First John chapter four. This is one you have to use your faith on. Did you know that just because the scripture is not working in your life doesn't mean it's not real? Amen. You know just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it's not real i was talking to a preacher a, a minister tr- called me this past week and uh he was in uh texas at a church getting ready to preach there and so we get talking and 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 uh i don't know how we got off on exercise it's an ungodly thing to talk about, but somehow we got off on exercise and I said, yeah, I said, well, I'm kind of debating. I'm kind of playing around with getting back in and running full time again. You know, I said, I've done some this week. I'm just not sure if I'm going to do that. I'm still, you know, weighing whether I should do that. It's like I told Pastor Jerry, you know, I'm healed. Everybody say healed. Yeah. But, you know, the Bible says our outward man perisheth. In other words, he gets older, yeah. Right. And this is an unbelief, but there's once your body gets older, it doesn't respond the same way it did when it was younger. And if you ain't smart enough to know that, you ain't very smart yet, or you ain't very old yet. <laughs> or both. <laughs> but as you get older, you realize, well, my body doesn't recover like it did recover. And so I've been debating it, and I've been thinking, well, I don't know, maybe this is just too much physical damage on my body to do this. Maybe I ought to find some other form of exercise that's not so impacting, you know, on the body and all. But I still they haven't made up my mind, you know. I'm praying about it, and you know, trying to get, you know, what what trying to trying to get the Lord to tell me what I want to hear, like you all do. And only I'm honest about it, you know. I'm trying to tell me full force, son. I got you covered. But you know, I'm still debating it. And so he got to talking to me. He said, "Well, I'll tell you what." He says, "There's this Marine in this church in Kentucky. He's a former Marine, and he's developed an app, and it's a fitness app." And he said, I, he said I'm going to give him your e- email, and he's going to email you. And he said, man, this stuff this guy does, he says, he, keep, he, he uh, tailors it to fit you, man. And he said, I'm telling you, you will be huffing and puffing in five minutes. And so he said, I'm going to send him your email and have him email you and get you on this exercise program, you know. And so the guy, sure enough, next day the guy sent me an email, man. like, hey, when can we talk? You know, I'm a, I never have answered him back. I'm still thinking about it. I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to do this or not. This might be a little hard. I'm not sure my body wants to do all that, you know. Sitting and eating donuts is easy. But I realize I need to keep my body fit. Hey, man, you've got to take care of your body. But I'm just like, I don't know if I want to go that far. This sounds pretty radical. I mean, I don't want no Marine telling me how to do exercises. I, I mean, give one of the kids out of Children's Church to help me. Not a Marine. I don't know if I want to go that far. I'm in my sixties. I'm not sure I want to do this. So I'm still. I know I got to answer the guy back, but I'm, I'm I'm weighing my decision. Like forget whether I'm going to say okay, let's talk, or just email him back and say this was all a big mistake. Forget it. But you know. Here's a scripture. It's so powerful. <laughs> I'll tell you what, sometimes you think, how could this be? But it is. It's in the Bible. Verse, uh, 1 John 4 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect or mature that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Not we're going to be that way. As He is, as Jesus is, that's how we are in this world. How many churches do you think preach that? Not many. What does that mean? Well, it's talking about just like Jesus is righteous, we're righteous. That's why we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Amen. Amen. You, know, you, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? God, God's all-knowing, but because we're righteous, we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Verse 18, and it's connected with this day of judgment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We don't have to fear anything because we're righteous before God. Hallelujah. That's a legal part of that. Amen. 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 You know, does that not, we still have to, you know, we still live holy. It's like, it's like I said before, you know, the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. You hear people say, Bad things about the law. Preachers on TV say bad things about the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is God's moral standard. Right. Nothing wrong with that. It's not how we're saved, That's right. but it's how we're supposed to live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That hasn't changed. How many of the moral standards haven't changed? No. Right. God hasn't re- rewritten them in the New Testament. The, the moral standards are there, but God just made it a lot easier. He's put the Spirit of God in us to, to help us to be able to keep His Word. We're not saved that way, but if we're going to live victorious and we're going to have the fullness of the blessing, we're going to have to live according to the standards of God's Word. Amen. Amen. You know, because it's not that like God's, uh, you know, he's, He's going to be mad at us and He's not going to have anything to do with it. It opens the door to the devil. Why do you want your kids to stay out of, you know, situations? Because, you know, it'll mess their life up. See, you you don't know that necessarily when you're a kid. You just think mom and dad's trying to keep you from having fun. But the reason why they don't let you date and go out at 12 years old or 13 years old or 14 years old. I don't know what your age limit is, but I'd put it pretty high if I was you. You know, amen. And so I would bring that, you know, what I'm saying, see, I wouldn't, you know, a lot of people just don't understand this. But you don't want want your your daughter or son going out and, and, you know, taking off with a Philistine an Amalekite, get him a good Jewish girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody in the faith, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you have to understand, it, it's just, a, it's, it, God's the same way. He doesn't want us messing our lives up. That's why he's, he's got these, he knows how life works, right? right? See, when he says no sex before marriage, there's no, there is no, listen, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no exception to that. I mean, I've had people tell me, because, you know, as a pastor, you know, sometimes you have to deal with those issues. Now, people don't like you to deal with those issues. They really get mad today in the church. Even Christians get mad, like, it's none of your business. Well, now, wait a minute here. You know, if I'm your shepherd, it is a little, it is my business to confront you. And to tell you, and to, and to preach the word to you. And I've done that, and Phyllis knows that. She's been with me before where we've confronted that. And say, hey, you know, this, ain't, this isn't right. You know, we're not here to judge you. You know, of course, when people first get born again, it takes them a while to figure things out. You give grace, but, you know, they've been serving God for a while. Hey, it's, it's time, you know, that we learn how to live. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Notice it put marriage before bed, not bed for marriage. This isn't popular today. I know that. But anyway, it just happens to be, the, the, and the reason why God tells us that is because it will mess your life up, and He knows that. It's not that he, he doesn't want you to have sex or have fun. He's the one that invented it. Amen. It's one of God's ideas. It was a good idea. You're yeah, all quiet on that, but whatever. <laughs> We're all grown up in here tonight, right? All right, so it was a good idea. So God, it was one of God's ideas. But God has ways, he has ways to tell us how things work. Amen. And, you know, and, and he says, don't do that for you're married. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so we've had to deal with people. And I mean, I've had people before tell me, well, we're married in the sight of God. We're married in the sight of God, Pastor. We, we're married in the sight of God. I mean, I've even had, tell, we did a, I even had one guy tell me one time, we did a ceremony before God and got married. I said, now listen here, if you, don't, if you can walk away without getting a legal divorce, you're not married. Well, that's just a piece of paper. Yeah, but it's a mighty important piece of paper because the Bible even talks about certificates of divorce. Yeah. So I said, no, you're not married unless you went before you know, the preacher, the justice of the peace and got and you got your marriage license and you did it the legal way, because that God recognizes that. Well that's good preaching, isn't it? Yeah. Now, are we beating people up? Well no, we're just and God's not doing that. He's like saying this will mess your life up. I don't know why I'm off on this. Pastor Jerry, what'd you would you do to me? Yeah, sorry. But anyway, you understand, see, all these things that these things that God says don't do this or don't do that. He's not he's not like saying, no, I don't want you to have any fun. That's what people Read it as, like your old foggies, you know, and so forth and all. You, you know what I mean? But he's doing that because he wants to spare your life. Some misery and some trouble and some problems. And it opens the door to the devil. Amen. Amen. You know, I told you about, you know, Well, I know this minister. I won't name him. I'll leave my name because of the circumstances. But I know him very, 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 very well. We're close. And he would go preach for another big-name minister at his church, and he would preach for him. And this big-name minister started getting this theology, it's okay to drink a little. It's okay to drink a little. And my my the minister that I know really well tried to tell him. Matter of fact, he tried to get the minister I know really well to take a drink with him. He brought a bottle out, tried to get him. Oh, and he just told him, he told my, my friend, he said, you're just old-fashioned. You're just, you know... Uh, you know, you're you're just old fashioned and all. Well, the Bible has way too many warnings about what alcohol will do to you. You know. Amen. Well, Jesus made, you know, uh, water to wine. Yeah, but you need to study that a little bit and see what kind of wine that's talking about. It's not talking about the stuff we have today. Jesus didn't make anything that the Bible says is a mocker. Not like what we're thinking. And so, anyway, you know, he just like, I'm you know, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, and he's like, You're old-fashioned. Well, I just saw about three or four weeks ago that man had to step out of the ministry, totally, because of his alcohol. It bit him. Now, why does why does God warn us? Because He knows what's going to happen. Amen. We need to. And I, I, when you get this revelation of righteousness, I don't know about you. I don't want to. I don't want to do things that are wrong. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying my flesh doesn't. But I. am not. My flesh is not I. I'm me on the inside. I'm gonna let me rule, amen. Yeah. Sure, your flesh wants to get mad sometimes. Your flesh wants to hit people sometimes. But I'm talking about the person on the inside. You don't want to do that. Amen. amen. You're looking for ways to get out of it, amen. I said, Amen. 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 Let's close. Let's go. We're in first John. Let's go to First Corinthians and we'll close right here. First Corinthians chapter one. Go there. Praise the Lord. Now, I realize this is not, you know, things like this, when you talk about these things, people, they don't, a lot of people, I, I know it doesn't bother you, but a lot of people don't like it any longer. In the church, they just think, well, it's nobody's business what I do. Well, it is your father's business, and it is the business of the man of God to warn you. Actually, there's one place in Timothy, Paul told Timothy, he said, you show people where their lives are wrong. Does that mean we just go out and find fault with people? No, but we just preach the word. Amen and let it do the talking. Amen. Now look at this in 1 Corinthians, because I thank God I'm righteous. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, go there, verse 29. It says that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, Let him glory in the Lord. So it doesn't have a thing in the world to do with us. It has to do with a free gift. Hallelujah. And we need to learn to accept that free gift and walk in that free gift of righteousness and confess that's who we are. Amen. It's real important what you say about yourself. Amen. You know, when God God told them in Exodus, He said, "Uh, go bring a lamb for a household, the Passover lamb, He told them, bring a lamb, a male without, a one-year-old male without blemish. They inspected the lamb. It had to be just right. And and you know what? Listen, man, the Bible tells us that we, our lamb has been inspected. It says that we weren't redeemed with corruptible things, but by the blood of Christ. As of a lamb without spot and without blemish. God looked him over and he said, hey, your lamb's perfect. And he was sacrificed on our behalf. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And now the death angel has to pass us by. And it's not based on what we did. It's based on what he, what he did. Amen. Hallelujah. A man, a man of God, you know, back in the 80s. And he was a powerful man of God. And he, he, uh, he got into sin. And uh, it made the national news. Um. But one of the things that he said, I'll never forget this, his confession, him crying in his confession, and he said, I have tried so hard all of my life to please God, all my life. And I thought, you know, that that sounds good. I've tried so hard. But then again, maybe that's what was wrong. He was trying instead of trusting Paul said, I am convinced he's able to keep that which I've committed to him. If we'll get committed, God can keep us. And I thought about his confession because, you know, I remember it. And I thought about that. I thought, well, now that sounds good. I've tried so hard. But maybe maybe that was the problem. Maybe he was trying in the flesh instead of trusting in the Spirit of God to keep him. Hallelujah. Because God can do that. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.